The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Want to get to something um, maybe a little bit surprising, maybe not surprising, depending on how you're feeling. And, and I'm wondering how you're feeling these days. Seriously, if you take a moment to pause and just think about what life has been like over the past four and a half months, how are you handling it? Are you, are you and your kids handling it okay? What about your spouse? What about your partner? Are you frustrated? Are you ragey? Uh, have you maybe had like a, a, a good few cries recently? Maybe a lot of anger? Well, if so, you're not alone. I'm seeing a lot of my friends feeling incredibly overwhelmed these days. And a, and a new study is suggesting that Canadians will face a huge increase in mental health issues, mental illness, years after COVID-19. The study says governments need to be funding mental health services. Providers need to get ready for the demand. And insurance companies should look at revising coverage options. The study was done by Deloitte. Matt LaBerge, one of the co-authors of the study, joins us this afternoon. Matt, welcome to 6.30 Ched. Thank you for inviting me. Good afternoon. Now, Matt, you know, it's interesting, um, you know, when, when this report came across my computer screen this morning, I, I was waiting uh, for for the day that it was going to happen because over the past four months on my text line, we've been hearing, I've been hearing from uh, Albertans, from Edmontonians saying, you know what, the the, uh, the economic impact is, is a part of this, but they're really concerned about the long-term impacts on, on mental health moving forward. Matt, why was it that that Deloitte decided to to look at this aspect of the pandemic? Well, I think as a corporate citizen, Deloitte and myself as a social policy person have a strong interest in, you know, fostering informed debates and discussions in Canada and also helping our neighborhoods and communities to 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 get a, to get access to to factual uh, sound information on the situation, um, and you know we, we have that that framework uh, uh, around uh, human impacts of disasters. And early on in the in the pandemics, we we realized that this framework was uh, applying pretty pretty well to 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 uh, the current situation. In, in the sense, you know, it's not so far from from uh, another natural disaster. It's also compounded by an economic crisis. Uh, and we thought it was, you know, important for people to to have access to to that information and put it on the radar, raise a flag about this is coming down the road. And uh, by the way, once the uh, public health crisis, once the economic crisis uh, have uh, subsided, the the human crisis will still be with us for a couple uh, a couple of years at least. So uh, it was important to us to raise that. Let's take a look at some of the numbers that uh, you have uh, come up with, um, and, and very interesting. Um, the study suggesting uh, that Canadians, especially women, will face um, an explosive increase in mental illness for years to come. Uh, why more so in women than men, Matt? So um, what we did is we looked at uh, who were the vulnerable populations before the before the the the, the pandemics and the, the recession, um, and you know what we found is first you know in, in major urban centers, uh, you look at which neighborhoods are most impacted, and they're 
pretty much align with they pretty much align with uh, the neighborhoods where there there is a low income incidence. So we decided to dig a bit further and look into um, well, you know, who's been impacted by the, the the current crisis, the economic crisis. And when you look at it, of all job losses uh, that occurred uh, this year, uh, 68% uh, are are impacting women. Uh, just to give you a comparison point, it's about three times. Uh, wow. as much as in in 0809 in terms of proportions and in 0809 it was 80, 18% of women uh, job losses so right, right away and this is explained because a lot of the job losses occurred in the service industry right yes. uh, where there's an overrepresentation of women uh, overrepresentation of low income incidents as well uh, so so uh, this is really sad uh, uh, truthfully but but it's not so surprising and we decided to go one layer further and looked into also um, where, uh, among different populations, who were the most uh, vulnerable in terms of low income. And, and again, you know, uh, single mothers, uh, single mm. moms came, came out as a, a key vulnerable population. Um, and on top of that, uh, according to Statistics Canada surveys, uh, women are also more uh, likely to report having, uh, having mental health conditions than men. And they also, more importantly, uh, more likely to report that their their mental health health needs are only partially or totally unmet uh, by, by the current system. So all that to say, uh, you know, there is a pretty compelling evidence and, and a number of reasons why we think uh, we need to be really thoughtful and careful with, with our our, uh, our our women colleagues, friends, and family members. So when you take a look at the system, when you take a look at the medical system and the, and the healthcare system, um, you know, if you, if you move from, from women and you move to um, uh, men and women, all genders, um, when it takes a look at the impact that you're projecting on uh, medical service, on um, the, the, the visits to doctors, what does that look like, Matt? So we looked at a number of scenarios based on a number of factors. Like the, we looked at Fort McMurray, for example, mm-hmm. as a key benchmark, but also at previous recessions. And we produced a range, and the upper range, the upper bound of the range, it could be up to close to three times more visits to a mental health practitioner. That, in real number, that means going to four, from 4.1 million visits to a mental health practitioner every year in Canada before the pandemic to 10.7 after. This is very sizable. And in terms of uh, prescription of antidepressant, it's an, uh, an, uh, 20% increase, which is about half a million more than what we have right now, which again is very, very significant. So you talk uh, about this being a human crisis. You're saying, um, you've been quoted as saying, previous research on the impact of natural disasters on human shows that once the public health and economic crises subside, the human crisis will endure for months, if not years. What does the human crisis look like? How does that manifest itself, Matt? So we spoke about mental health, right? This is one of the, 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 the key 
a manifestation of human impact, but it's much broader than that too. The reason why the report didn't dive too much into other factors is because we don't, we just don't have the data yet. But you can think about you know educational outcome and perseverance. Um, a, a kid who's a, who was in school in the spring um, accumulated uh, some uh, some lag in there. There's their scholarization will take some time to catch up. A student in post-secondary education that decides to drop out and not finish his, his diploma will, will have to live with this decision for, for, the, or for her or, or his whole, whole life, right? So these are factors, and even when you, we come back to mental health, um, we, we know that substance abuse, depression, and other mental health-related issues are, take time to heal and, and address. So, um, you know, when you look into, for example, the Fort McMurray experiment, um, data we, we looked at, um, you know, uh, it occurred in 2016, and as of the yes. most recent data, four years later, there's still no sign of coming back to the pre, pre-disaster level. So, and it's four, four years in. Um, in the literature, it, it always says about a decade to start normalizing. Uh, so so it, it, we're, we're speaking as a, a large number of years before we, we can... Uh, feel we're coming back to to the the pre pre COVID uh, level of of human impact. Boy, oh boy, that uh, that's uh, it has to be setting off alarm bells. And, and really, if you're in the medical system, if you're a healthcare provider, if you are an insurance provider, there there has to be a number of things that you should probably be looking at right now, uh, focused around what is going to be very likely a, a big increase on on demand for services. Uh, absolutely, I I think there are a number of of. Uh, of uh, uh, key targets we we, uh, we cover and then key advices we, we cover in the report. One, uh, a couple of them are for governments, right? And I, I guess the key message here is let's not double down on, on what's existing. We, we have what it needs. Governments have, have extensive frontline networks where they can actually identify uh, at-risk people. Um, I always like to say if you have access to, to a, a kid, you have also access to a parent and a whole family. So you can, uh, if you're successful in, in, in identifying those who need help and referring them to the right resources, it's already a success factor. And the right resources may be in the public sector. In some, in some cases, you know, hospitals are, uh, offer uh, mental health services, clinics do, private clinics do as well. And it's a combination of both that will be able to, to absorb the, the, whole, the whole volume of increase. Um, I think one key consideration those clinics and service providers, whether they are in the public or, or, or private sector, um, should consider is you know digi- digitalization of their services. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if one thing the, the pandemic showed is it's possible. It's possible to consult a mental health professional uh, using secured video conferences, secured yep. apps. Uh, it's also possible for employers, for example, to disseminate information on mental health and well-being uh, using digital channels. Um, and, you know, I think this is all very, you know, it, there's an opportunity for, uh, for those, those organizations to, uh, to, to, uh, to provide the information, provide the support people need at this time. 
I think one of the other things, I mean, you talk about, you know, making sure that that support is there, but it also has to be affordable, Matt, or there has to be maybe some some coverage or better coverage provided. I mean, right now, if you're looking for a session in, in some, some cases, it's $300 an hour. There's a lot of folks out there that don't have 300 bucks to spend on this. Yeah, there are other options out there, but, um, you know, employers might want to look at, at, at uh, extending some coverage or... I don't know. I, I don't know if, if providers can you know, are going to be willing to knock down the the, the cost of you know fee for service. But boy, oh boy, we do need to look at something to make sure that it is available to those who need it. That cost isn't a factor. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I think this all starts with a very transparent and honest discussion between employers and employees. It's important to have those. Um, to, those dis- uncomfortable discussions sometimes to make sure you know mm. does the support we offer uh, the employer offer employees um, the, is it appropriate is it the right level is it the right nature sometimes you know uh, you mentioned uh, affordability it's it's certainly a key issue when there's there's maybe a need in some work environment to expand affordability, but sometimes it can also be to provide flexibility and options, you know, uh, possibilities to sign up for, for some, some service or options uh, yeah. for, for services. Um, and that all starts with, with a very candid discussion that needs to happen. And if, if there's something, you know, we've just been served with a whole bunch of lemons, uh, you know, yeah. to me, I'm an optimistic. It's an important to to turn, to turn at least part of them in, into laminate. Matt, uh, we're going to leave it here. I want to thank you for joining me this afternoon. Um, really interesting report and, you know, waving the flag here. And I, and I hope some folks are sitting up and, and paying attention to um, the results of this study. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. Thanks a lot for your time. I think it's a really important issue we needed to discuss. Thank you.